Apex fans for March 22nd, 2022. How's it going? How goes it? Well, using a different mic today because I just felt like it. Oh boy, oh boy. Hope you had a great St. Patty's Day. Officially, officially, we're past the, uh, what the hell was the term? Astrological? No, 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 no. The meteorological. I can't speak today. Uh, spring is here. I gotta get my win- fucking winter tires off. It was like fucking freezing, like 20 something minus 5 Celsius and shit. Windy and all that this past weekend. And all of a sudden it's 50 degrees and like fucking 7, 8 degrees Celsius again. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then we're about to go to Jamaica in a couple weeks. Which is gonna be fun, which is gonna be great. Which means uh, I'll have to pre record some episodes beforehand. Because I don't think I have a mic. I just wanna relax. So uh, get ready. I'm gonna have a pre recorded show in a couple weeks. So. What do I want to talk about? Oh, man. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, I guess I ruffle some feathers with the hockey thing. Why hockey is dying. So go back and listen to that episode last week. Uh, that said, I this I said it was part one because I didn't... I really wasn't sure, like, how it was going to be, you know, going to go. Because I kind of went, like, oh, I went an extra mile on the why hockey is dying. So this is going to be a... Four-parter. Jesus, BK, you're making it four parts. Well, here's the reason why. I covered the part one last week, which I really, it really wanted to cover, we really wanted to cover the culture aspect of it, which bothers the fuck out of me to the next level, especially seeing how the baseball is turning it around in a good way with the World Baseball Classic that's happening. I was a little surprised because I was like put off by baseball for the longest time, and I bitched about it on this like fucking podcast for years. You know, especially peaking in 2019 and then arguing against the old baseball yellers. You can go find that shit. Because both baseball and hockey have a yearly similar parallel when it comes to team culture, unwritten rules, all that shit. Given how both sports have been the long-standing, the pastime of the respective countries of the United States and Canada. That said... So part one, I wanted to cover the culture side of it and then the insular part of it. But how it affects it, I want to cover that the next two weeks, which is number two. I want to talk about the media uh, today. And I'm going to cover the finance aspect of it next week. And then uh, probably the last episode, a couple of weeks from now, I'll talk about potential solutions to it. Uh, Although I may kind of touch upon that a little bit. Does that sound good? I should have given this overview some thought. But given that how I just started kind of like improvising on the fly, which I do a lot when I record this thing, um, I realized that like, oh boy, oh boy, I can go on for two, three hours, but I don't want to do that given that I don't have time. So media, hockey, media, and hockey. Why is that, why is that causing hockey to die? Well, first, I want to preface it by saying the culture, the hockey culture, insular, team culture, you know, never stand out in the crowd. Uh, the nature of it, that cultural aspect of it permeated into, in my view, not just the hockey media and hockey sports media, but also the entire Canadian sports media landscape as well. And we're seeing the unfortunate effects of this when you look at the personalities, whether it's in TSN, the ESPN of Canada, Rogers Sportsnet, you want to call it a Fox Sports of Canada, sure, uh, or CBC Sports and Global Sports, if that's still fucking around. And the score, score, you know, if you remember, now you're, you know, score as the uh, online only specific brand that Barstool bought. Uh, score was a third channel that I remember that had wrestling and other things. But basically, like, score is, it was a cool brand, but now it got bought as Sportsnet as part of the Sportsnet 360. And we're, 
radio, you know, a lot of this, you know, audio recording that I'm doing, yeah, I have some inspiration through, you know, Fan 590, I will say, you know, because I listen to radio nonstop. That's how I learn English and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I just go, if you look at the personality, the media personality that are in Canada today, and then the lack of the pipeline that you see today, in my view, compared to even five, six, seven, ten years ago, it really is, you know, an unfortunate effect of like the hockey culture mentality that has unfortunately spilled into the rest of the Canadian media, which is team first, uh, be efficient, never stand out, or you can't succeed. So a lot of the Canadian talents, when it comes to broadcasting, you know, they eventually venture into the United States. There's more money here uh, in America. And then this is where I feel like you're given a better form <laughs> to express yourself and like make money. And then have a sustainable pipeline of talent. And you can say, you know, grass is always greener. Um, if you look at how ESPN, Fox Sports, look at all the, how the, all those sports media personality turned out. Because it's a corporatization of it where you cannot be a bigger brand than the ESPN or even Fox Sports for that matter. So unless you're like Tony Romo or already established brand from the 90s like Jim Nance and CBS Sports or something, you're not going to get that money. And then you're... You don't have much of a leverage unless you start sports yelling like Stephen A. Smith or something. So what what is a problem? Going back to the hockey media situation, what, how has this made the game worse? Well, number one, uh, if you watch Hockey Night in Canada, that's on CBC, but it's really a Rogers-produced television, it's just the same people that talk the same talking points, same shit, which is like different age. You know, from fucking when I was five, six years old. And the lack of personality and lack of, like, coverage, or, like, the change in coverage is awfully frustrating. So I'm going to start with the CBC Rogers hockey coverage right there. You know, you can't not, you know, people get into this whole wormhole about, oh, TSN is much better than Sportsnet, blah, 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 in Canada. Bell is better than Rogers in this shit. Dude, if you, I cannot... I can't tell the difference, like, what the coverage exactly is. You have the same insiders talking about the same shit, talking in vague terms, you know, when it comes to trade deadline and all that shit. It just goes like, I'm, I'm not learning anything. It's the same shit I heard 20 years ago, talking about the same thing, and X's and O's in the game, getting the puck deep in, you know, upper body injury, lower body injury, same thing. Now, is that the fault of the media? Not exactly, because I think some of the media personality that are coming onto the spotlight today are being much more forward and then bringing more personality and also trying to sell the game at a personal level that hasn't been done before. The problem comes up with the old guards of the executives, whether it's at Rogers or something. I think when Rogers signed the deal with the NHL back in 2014, the 15-year contract or whatever for a gazillion dollars, you know, I they try different things like, you know, when the Hockey Night in Canada, which is a flagship show, that Football Night in America pretty much ripped off, to be honest, and Baseball Night in America, the Fox has now started ripping off. Like, as a flagship national game show, like, it's it's been great, but it it also has to evolve. It's, it, it's evidenced by, like, ever-changing demographics, especially in the last decade in the country of Canada, but also in the ever-changing demographic in the United States. And we'll talk about the participation rate and then the finances of it next week. But, like, you need to fit the audience that 
and evolve together with it. And I know NHL knows this. I know ESPN knows this. NBC Sports, unfortunately, has done a fucking terrible job promoting the game because the old guards wanted to keep it safe and all that, which I think uh, Liam McHugh, uh, who's now on uh, TNT as a Turner you know, sports host, and then he said, you know, we wanted to make hockey fun on NBC, but NBC refused to do that, you know, probably because of, like, all these old peoples of the world, old analysts. So that comes back to me saying, like, okay, if I look at CBC, Rob McLean is still the host. I It's not like 20 years ago, 2002, when they were about to lose him and then people lost their shit. I don't have a soft spot for Rob McLean anymore. He doesn't bring anything new. He's not a fun host anymore. Don Cherry's gone, who, whatever. And I just go, like, it's not fun. And then they had they tried George Strombolopoulos, if you know, in Canada. He's kind of like a Carson Daly of Canada 20 years ago. And then he tried to venture into U.S. also. And he was a host of Hockey Canada. And he's been very frank about this, talking about it the last two years in different podcasts. I would highly recommend going and listening to him on, like, Bob McCallum podcast or something. It's like what he envisioned coming into, you know, the new Rogers NHL deal almost 10 years ago now and then becoming a game show host. I, or the yeah the game they host, and he, at least the first year they still had the old guards, the old analysts. They were like just talking, the usual nonsense, wasting air, basically in my view, not offering anything new or evolving the game to the next level. You you talk about X's and O's, okay? Can you talk about the analytics, or can you get specifics into like mechanics of the game? You know which baseball is really good at, given how you know discreet the game is compared to the rest of the sports, or even football, or X's and O's. But like X's and O's that you talk about in football is more fun than, you know, in hockey, which is a continuous sport. So it just go, and you have the same old analyst with the new breed, new age of the host, and he said he wanted to get newer talent in, like Jason, uh, not Jason, who's it? Uh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. He was a wrestling guy too, the gentleman, Jeff Merrick. Jeff Merrick, you know, and then Elliot Friedman. He's a bit of an old guard, but, you know, all those new people. And I, I know you got Jennifer Bottle, and then, like, uh, who is it? Uh, with the Kevin BX on there now. I just go, like, they're just, like, talking the same thing, but in a different age and a different gender. And I go, what the fuck is a different listening to this shit? And ESPN, and then the hockey legends, so-called legends in this sport, are so damn fucking boring. I know they're trying to mimic like Charles Barkley, you know, Kenny Smith. That is a the studio show, you know, the Pantheon, very top, you know, for ES, you know, for TNT, NBA on TNT. And I think NHL on TNT, I've been watching that more. It's been very interesting watching it because it's a little more loose. But I just go, you don't need hockey legends to cover that shit. Charles Barkley was always an outspoken personality, even when he was playing, making it fun and interesting. Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Chris Chelios a little bit, or fucking Rick DiPietro. They're not fun people. It's fucking boring. Like, they don't offer anything. They don't say anything. Only interesting about Mark Messier is, like, he never got married until he retired. And I'm like, where the fuck was this? While you have some drama... You know, back in the 95 with like St. Louis Blues, you know, like Brendan Shanahan, the most political guy, according to Chris Chelios, which is the most like intriguing comment that I got the last 10 years about Brendan Shanahan or any kind of shit talk amongst the retired players. And I just go like, you know, there is a drama that Brendan Shanahan, when he played for the St. Louis Blues, went out with the other superstar player, Craig Yanni's wife, which in turn traded Brendan Shanahan to 
what was it? The not the Plymouth Whalers, the Hartford Whalers for Chris Pronger. They traded his ass for like sleeping with the captain's wife. I mean, they're still you know husband or wife today. It worked out, but like these are like intriguing things, drama, the lowbrow shit that gets a game interesting. But they never talk about it. And I'm am I saying like just like talk about that all day on the studio show? No, but like you need to have some like humility, humanity factor to it, which the coverage today still doesn't even cover. The, the old X's and O's, take the deep, you know, puck deep into the zone, all that nonsense, upper body injury, lower body injury. NHL needs to, like, upend that rule. Like, get rid of that stupid term, upper body injury and the lower body injury. Pat Quinn, when he was a Toronto Maple Leafs GM, started that term. He's like, so what's the status of uh, Matt Sundin tonight? Is uh, like, he has a lower body injury. Or Joe Neuendijk, he has a lower body injury. He pulled his fucking groin. But don't say it, because it's a hockey thing. It's like, it has to be insular. And then the media goes with it. And then I, I, I think NHL needs to step in and like fucking uproot this shit. And the, the talent, the pipeline of talent of analysts, it's like they're trying. I know. I've been watching more TNT the last two years because I just happened to watch at 7 o'clock before the wrestling comes on. And then I got to say, I fucking hate seeing the Sabres way too many fucking times this season. Because, you know, the Bruins are having a historic season, yet at the same time, like, they don't want to upset their local market and then the local media stream there. But when I watch, like, the analysts on TNT, it has more human factor that I didn't realize. I, I wish that, like, CBC in Canada would, like, instill and improve upon. And I know they kind of share talent, like Jennifer Botterill. I just picked her as an example. You know, she's on CBC and Rogers. But he's, she's also on TNT. Now that Rick Tockett, you know, one of the analysts, is, like, coaching the Vancouver Canucks for some reason. And she filled in. But, like, there's more, she seems a little more human than she did on CBC and Rogers, which is a great sign. Like, she has potential. But I just go, like, you continue this, like, nonsense. It's, like, just talk X's and O's. And then, like, oh, you talk about this, like, you know, what, what is a life story that I can cover about Connor McDavid? They try with Sidney Crosby. Like, oh, he's from, like, somewhere, you know, whole Harbor, Nova Scotia, shooting at the, in the washer. And then I'm like, that's a great story. But, like, what's behind, what's after that? Nothing. He's just a robot. And even Connor Bedard that's coming out, he's a fucking robot. Somewhere in Regina, Saskatchewan. And I'm like, what's so fun in that? And I... The players that are like coming out, you know, trying to have more personality, get easily shut down. Trevor, Trevor Zegras, you know, on the Anaheim Ducks, or fucking PK Subban back in the day. Although he started slew footing people, which is fucking annoying. Sean Avery was fun, but you know, he's a little, you know, piece of shit talent on there stirring shit up, which made it annoying. But I just go like, okay, is that a is that a player problem or is that a culture problem? The media culture problem, because I. Sean Avery was entertaining, but also he was doing some pieces of shit things on ice, you know, and like pissing off Martin Bordeaux and shit. He would have been a great analyst, but then like he kind of went off onto the side. P.K. Subban is on ESPN, but I barely see him. And I go like, was that a good fit to begin with? You know, I don't know. I mean, only interesting personality in hockey media today are probably Paul Bissonnette. And then like Henrik Lundqvist when he was on Turner. You know, he's a good-looking man, Lundqvist, to begin with. But I just go like, all right. But it's like he, he's got a lot of memeable material, like where he gets his haircut in New York. And Paul Bissonnette is a journeyman guy, grinding it out. But, you know, he's been very successful in his podcast as Splitting Chicklets. But with Ryan Whitney, 
But I also kind of go like, it's a lot of reminiscence. The reason that show is successful is that it somehow started humanizing all these robot hockey players with their real life stories and behind the scenes stuff. You never heard about for fucking 20 years when, when Bissonette was in the fucking league. I just go like, I started then thinking about like 2002, 2003, all those times. And I'm like, oh God, for example, Toronto Maple Leafs, because that's my team. Uh, Shane Corson disappeared in 0102 in the playoffs. I go, and then I remember, fi- or even 2003 during the playoffs against the Flyers, I remember. I was like, God, they needed that fucking power for it. Where did he go? And then the, I, I found that internet forum thing from yesterday that like, oh, I heard Shane Corson slept with the Alex Morgilney's wife. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Turns out he's having panic attacks all his fucking life since his dad passed in the 90s. And then now, like, mental health and all that, people are talking about it. And then a lot of substance abuse and other things, yada, 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 wild fucking thing people do as hockey players. You know, those stories are coming out, whether it's podcasts reminiscing the nostalgia factor of it, which is great, but I just go like, okay, how do you build on that to continue? This is that you need to start pivoting that, like, past interest into current thing otherwise it's not like wrestling or old reality show you can just go back and watch and be like yeah let's watch that show again why did that happen why did that why was it written out that way you don't go back and watch old fucking playoff round you you just don't i like unless you're studying or coaching from the past experience or training to be the next wayne gretzky or like connor mcdavid or something you don't go back and watch old shit you just don't it, the watchability factor for the past is gone. So it's like, okay, can we pivot this into, I think that's where like Bissonette and the rest of them are really trying, talking about more current stuff. And I think it's great that like more personality are coming out. I, I, I'm seeing encouraging signs that like some, are, some of the younger players are trying to bring the game out. To be honest, like baseball has had the same problem, which I think more of the younger players, the top young players, such as Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Mike Trout even, holy shit, are like embracing this like, look, make, make baseball fun again. You know, that mantra, you know, with the stupid chains, stupid home run jackets, you know, at least like, and then it's also attacking the younger demographic and the newer demographic with the Central American players, as we see in the World Baseball Classic, Japanese players, Asian players, they got a lot of personalities, you know, it, I think baseball is attacking it better now, watching the World Baseball Classic, even from the media personality standpoint, I see, maybe it's the algorithm I'm getting recommended, I see better presence of, like, media personality pivoting the old with the new, where it's making it interesting again for new, even though how niche it could be to, like, make me watch again. I really reached the lowest point when it comes to baseball in 2019. I talked about it to death. Like, I just, like, walked out of the fucking game because I couldn't fucking watch it. I didn't bother with the 60-game pandemic season in 2020. That said, you know, the Blue Jays are getting better. But also, baseball in general started getting weirdly interesting, you know, from the mobility and fluidity with transactions and then the drama that you only probably heard in the NBA the last three, four years. So, there is a constant fluid of you know stories and then just interest game is surprisingly moving along you know a little quicker than i realized and i'm looking forward to the baseball season i was not looking forward to the world baseball classic but 
I it's been fun, and I'm gonna watch the final tonight. By the time this episode comes out, either USA or Japan won. Japan Mexico was a great fucking game. I watched it from start to finish Monday. I didn't plan on it. I just did. And then the personality that surrounded it, whether it's David Ortiz, A-Rod, hate him or love him, he's a great media personality. It explains to me how women just throw themselves at A-Rod. And I go like, you know what, I would fuck him too. <laughs> but who the fuck does hockey have that in? Who the fuck is A-Rod of hockey? Is that PK? Is that Bissonnette? No, no. Jennifer Barrow? No, she's married. Is that Henrik Lundqvist? No, he's a good old boy from Sweden, married. No, Anson Carter? No. Who the fuck is it? Hockey doesn't have that, like, mag- like that personality because the game has beaten down these players into being robots for decades, close to a century, causing this. And in turn, the whole Canadian sports media suffered to a point that, like, rest of the media industry suffers, not just hockey. Basketball, who's in the pipeline other than Paul Jones and Eric Smith? Or Leo Routens or Jack Armstrong. Who's the next in the pipeline? Nobody. Who's in the pipeline for baseball for the Blue Jays after Dan Schulman and then Buck Martinez? They just got let go of one guy. Ben Wagner from Buffalo. He's American. He's not Canadian. You're telling me that you can't find a baseball broadcaster in Canada? And they have to go get the guy from Buffalo to do it? And then he's not going to travel on the road? What kind of dumb insular mindset is this? Who do you have that for, like, fucking lacrosse? Who do you have that for football? Nothing. You're going to go back to Jesse Palmer analyzing NFL? Jesse's great, and then he has a lifetime assignment. But who the fuck else is there that could offer, like, NFL or CFL for that matter? There's nobody. And that's fucking sad watching, like, how this hockey media culture has, like, negatively, you know, affected the rest of the Canadian sports media industry. And it's fucking sad. And then only thing we can go back and look into are like fucking podcasts. And podcasts are great, reminiscing. I see like more, hear more shit about what happened to like Garth Snow and all that shit from 20 years ago. It's like wrestling in 2016, 2017 when the nostalgia started hitting strides, made wrestling fun again, and then start watching new people coming in. And now we have an alternative like the All Elite Wrestling that's on TNT Turner for that matter. And it, it, it's, it pivoted in, into something better. And baseball is getting better, too, for that matter. I'm, I'm watching it again. Game's getting shorter. It's more watchable. But where's that moment for a hockey? And hockey media, they're like, it, it's the old boys club, even at the media level, even at the media executive level, that's not helping. And I think TNT Turner has done the best job to get that insular shit out of the NHL and then the NHL executives. ESPN, I haven't watched a single nick of the fucking ESPN other than the Stanley Cup final where I think, uh, uh, the who was it? The guy who was doing the Monday Night Football. You know, he, he's great. And then uh, Ray Ferraro, I guess Brian Boucher is one of them. But I just go like, I don't care. I don't watch the studio show. John Butchergrass, like Steve Levy, the same old guard of the hockey in ESPN. Barry Melrose. It's like, I don't give a shit. I saw that 20 years ago. Like, it just, it, 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 who's the next in line? PK, okay, Ricky Pietro, maybe. But I go, they're not in front and center. It's still Barry Melrose on ESPN. Why the fuck would I watch that on SportsCenter? They're not even on the main SportsCenter in ESPN 1 either. They're mostly on ESPN 2. 
I can't find find the fucking game easily compared to TNT. I'll be honest. I'll watch it on ABC Saturday. That's been great. But like even the Saturday games, I just go like, God damn it! How many times? Here's a problem with the broadcast coverage, aside from the lack of personality. But that's that's a hockey problem as a whole, you know, that permeated the game selection. It's just like I saw the Buffalo Sabres way too many times in the beginning of the season. Now that NFL is over, they turn the attention to like the Boston Bruins historic run. I saw the Bruins every week and the Rangers because the like, Rangers got Patrick Kane and shit. But I just go like, we'll, we'll talk about the rising markets and then the new markets coming in in the next week's episode. But I just go like, all right, you're just going to the same well again, whether it's the Bruins, the Red Wings, the Rangers. Blackhawks suck now, and then I think they deserve all eternity of whatever the fuck they did the last decade with the Kyle Beach situation, but I'm not going to get into that now. But, like, the rest of the markets are fucking boring, but, like, hockey, more than ever, have been very entertaining to watch. It's like, it's more athletic. I, I Again, I love watching the game. It's the most fun, continuous sport that I can watch, more than soccer. That said, like, the fucking continuous of the same team, the instant... The boring personalities that absolutely offered nothing. Wayne Gretzky sucks. Mark Messier sucks. Chris Chelios sucks <laughs> on the national television setting. And then you got nothing. You got no personality. I know the broadcast partners are like, look, give us something. And then I know NHL with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are like, I know, we're fucking trying. We've been trying this for fucking 32 years, right? And what do we get? You know, like, I guess it has some work to do, but NHL needs to get that fucking stick out their ass and then like just let the game be. I would say, first of all, get rid of the upper body, lower body injury shit. The gambling is like ever present. I need to make a fair assessment on it as to what the fucking injuries are. Make that transparent. And I felt that that it worked quite. Number two, I want mic'd up players. No censorship whatsoever. Especially on TNT or something. Let them curse. I don't give a fuck. You watch HBO 24-7. You see all the shit, shit talk that you see. It's on TikTok, Instagram. Why can't I see the shit talk on the TNT and all that? And then pivot the personalities to bring that out. It's like, dude, what happened? What happened with the trash talk over here? I don't want to hear between the glass. Pierre McGuire translating that for me. I want Pierre McGuire to go in and ask him like, so what the fuck happened, David Pasternak? What were you telling... You know, Dylan Larkin about if it were the Bruins versus the Red Wings. What are you guys yapping about? I was like, I don't know. He's talking shit. And then I want players to have loose lips and just talk. NFL has whatever off-season drama. MLB has bat flips. And a lot of the players, other than the Americans, do not speak English. So that a lot of the personality and expressiveness comes out on the field. Whether it's a jacket, the chain, whatever. NBA has its drama through its actually really great set of podcasts from the existing players, the current players, and the past players, and just recently retired players, such as J.J. Redick. NHL needs more of that, and maybe algorithms not picking up for me, but we need more splitting chiclets and like other things. You, there's no YouTube personality or TikTok personality that I can find for hockey. Well, maybe that goes with the accessibility you know, of the game as well. But we'll talk about that next week because that's the finance aspect of it. But holy crap, like the men- executives need to fucking change, especially starting with Rodgers and Bell because that funnels the rest of the talent, not just in hockey, but also for the rest of the sports media in Canada 
which is like all, like right now producing nothing and then had no prospects of nothing in the pipeline which make which makes me worry about Canada as a sports economy as a whole at the moment and everybody's coming here but like you know even here the sports like personality thing is limited and ESPN is trying you know I know people are complaining about Leia Hextall and all that stuff and I'm like I had no idea what that drama was last year and then I watched like bits and clips pieces of it I go like Okay, I can see why people would get mad, but am I as annoyed as that usual mouth-breathing internet, you know, audiences? No, not really, but they're trying. But, like, is, is it the best, you know, representation <laughs> of a DEI? I know. I found, like, Jennifer Botterill interesting. Like, way she is presented in Rogers' CBC environment versus Turner it is fucking mind-boggling. Same as Anson Carter. I didn't know he was on Rogers until I was watching Rogers hockey last week. But like, he seems a little more loose on TNT compared to he is on Sportsnet. He's not a stiff, you know. And then like, I think it needs to start with the Canadian media, and then it will come to the league. And then the, I think the players are slowly like getting their personality out, so they're doing that. And I think the league and then the management really needs to encourage that. And have them go have a podcast. Like, just do it. Just fucking do it. I want Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner podcast. I want John Tavares podcast. Let them just vent. It's good for their mental health, which improves probably the upper body injury time. Because upper, what is the upper? It's between the waist and your fucking head. So it could be mental. It could be concussion. It could be a lung damage. It could be a fucking, like, you know, like, appendix. Your appendix or something, right? Like, it, it's better for them. It's healthy for the game. It's healthy physically, healthy mentally. So, and then same for the existing personalities. Like, I know they're trying. Like, they have 32 thoughts, whether it's Jeff Merrick and, like, Elliot Friedman or something. They're trying. But, like, is it enough insider knowledge for me to dig in and, like, go listen to it and spend half hour a day or 32 minutes of the, each week to spend on it? No, because I know that the substance that they're getting, the material they're getting, is like utter dog shit for me to bother listening. So, that is that. It needs to come from within. I think it needs to start with the players. And these players need to have a career after their playing career is over. And as evidenced by Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Chris Chelios, it's utter dog shit what they're doing. It's embarrassing. To the rest of the sports industry that we have. So anyways, I'm going to stop my rant there. That's the media aspect of it. But what, what was the main cause of this? This insular, contained, fucking Caucasian people, Anglo-Saxon driven culture. But anyways, thanks for listening. You know, hockey is dying, but like, I, it's getting better. But they need to make better progress. And I hope the players get to speak up a little more and then uncensor a bunch of shit. Bring back the fighting. No, fuck that. I want work fighting. This is why wrestling and UFC are interesting and MMA as a whole. Shit talking. I want to hear better shit talking that leads onto a result on ice. Embrace debate. Not that shit. Not the part in the interruption. Not the first take. Because none of those personality get on the field to, you know, prove their point. The only people who prove the point are the players and then the head coaches and whatever that come up with the plan. So... Loosen up a little bit. Get that hockey stick out of your fucking assholes. And then, like, just let them be. That's my advice. Thanks for listening. We'll check back next week on the part three. As to why hockey is dying. We're going to talk about the money part of it. Accessibility to the game. And then just the general how the hockey teams are trying to play. Peace out.